here with another exciting edition of WPAN, The Interviews. We got a great classic conversation today, but first, I want to remind you about the project we're working on with Truth, Justice, and the New England Pro Wrestling Way podcast, hosted by Julian Starr and Tarzan Taylor, a.k.a. Matt Spectro. In an upcoming episode, we will be ranking the top 10 all-time in New England independent wrestling. What we need is people who are tied into the local scene in the past or present to send us your personal top 10s so we can figure out the true best of the best in the area. Message us at the WPAN on Facebook or Twitter or visit Truth, Justice, and the New England Pro Wrestling Way on Facebook for all the details. And to top it all off, there may just be a WPAN reunion when this episode of Julian and Tarzan's podcast drops. So stay tuned for more on that. Now, will our subject this week make it to the top 10? We've got a guy we mentioned numerous times last week in the show with Josh Briggs, someone who went on the indies by the name Donovan Dijak, and a guy who is in WWE NXT now as Dominic Dijakovic, or Dijakovic. Yeah, it's Dijakovic. <laughs> Brian Malone and I talked to him in 2016 about his start at the New England Pro Wrestling Academy, his journey to Ring of Honor, his failed first WWE tryout, and so much more. So here it is from September of 2016, our conversation with Dominic Dijakovic, then known as Donovan Dijak. All right, we are being joined by a guy who started right here locally with Brian Fury at the New England Pro Wrestling Academy just a few years ago, and in quick order, became a player in New England winning the Chaotic Wrestling Heavyweight Championship. Uh, then last year, he won Ring of Honor's Top Prospect Tournament, which put him on the map nationally. On September 30th, he returns home to Massachusetts to take part in Ring of Honor Wrestling's All-Star Extravaganza 8 at the Lowell Memorial Auditorium in Lowell, Massachusetts, where he will challenge Bobby Fish for the ROH television title. He retired the kingpin Brian Malonis. Please welcome to the wrestling podcast about nothing, Donovan Dijak. Hello, sir. Hello. Thank you for having me. What's going on? Why did you have to bring that up? Here we are in my home. We're 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 watching. We were watching football. We're eating chili. Having a good time. Yeah, and then Mike's gonna ruin it and bring up the fact that you ended my illustrious chaotic wrestling career. I did it. I did it. What's the the whole story behind the uh, the retirement from chaotic wrestling? Well, do you want the storyline or the real story? I don't know. Ooh. What are you looking for here? No, I uh, you know I, I I was very jealous of Dijak's success. Uh, you know, so maybe I, I tied him up with some zip ties. Uh, I talked some trash in his face. Very uh, rude. Very rude. Yeah, yeah. I uh, I, thre- I threatened to do some sort of bodily harm to you, uh, like like kind of alluding to maybe I might kill you even. I, I don't know. There like, may have been death threats. <laughs> like I, I pointed out your girlfriend at the time. Well, I think she was your fiance, fiance at the time. Fiance at the time. Uh, it wasn't that long ago. It was like a few months ago. <laughs> yep. Um, you know, so and then uh, I put my career on the line and he beat me at Cold Fury. Yeah, he went to business for himself. I I, I shot it. <laughs> I shot it on you. All right, so we'll talk more chaotic wrestling in a second, but let's uh, let's go all the way back, uh, Donovan Dijak. Um, so you were a two sport athlete in college. Hey, uh, can I interrupt you for a second? Sure. Uh, now now that we're here, that reminds me because you just said Donovan Dijak. I assume you were in the room when that name was. Was or you were at least in the text message thread when that name was conceived. I, I, I have a sneaking theory that it was you who came up with Donovan. Is I that did, accurate? Yes, I, 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 I knew it. it to, I knew uh, it. I pitched it to Tarzan. Yeah. Yes, and you're uh, the creator of Donovan, not Dijak, but Donovan. Yes, yes. Dijak uh, is my real last name, but Donovan is not. So thank you very much. It's it's done. It's done me very very well. I love the alliteration. Yes. Well, I mean. <laughs> I think at the time Ryback was getting a huge push, and yep. to me Ryback, and if we were just going to call you Dijak, it just it needed it, you needed something, or people just think you're a Ryback ripoff. So I agree. We went with uh, Donovan Dijak. Yep, and probably half of the promoters in in uh, the Northeast disagree with you and just call me Dijak anyway, which <laughs> which I despise. By the way, I hate being called just Dijak. I I love it in real life. I like because because it works. I can I can use it at work. I can use it with my family. Not my family. They don't call me Dijak, but. I can use it with with the boys. I can use it with anyone, but in in the ring, I prefer to be Donovan Dijak. It just sounds better to me. I, I like the one promotion. I'm not, I don't even know what promotion it is. Where it's all capital letters. Every time your name, it's 
All capital, Dijak, all capital letters. Honestly, that's happened a few times. I think probably most prominently at Northeast Wrestling. Maybe it's an acronym. Is Dijak an acronym? Which, which I would, un- maybe, which I would understand because I'm, I'm a, a, a tall guy. I'm, I'm a big guy on the indies. So I can understand the thought process. Here's Dijak, the intimidating, you know, one name monster or whatever it happened. But I don't wrestle like that at all. Like at all. I, 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 I'm very much a, a human being with, with emotions and I, I wrestle probably smaller than I, I probably should. So I'm definitely not this intimidating monster coming into the ring. I, I, I laugh. I, I, uh, I joke around sometimes. Sometimes I'm angry. Sometimes, you know, so, so to me it, it doesn't work, but some promoters like it a lot. So, so they'll continue need to do it and it is what it is so yeah we're talking about your beginnings here in wrestling and you started out in 2013 with brian fury as i mentioned at the new england pro wrestling academy uh what brought you there you after college right you were done with college and then you decided why not wrestling how'd you (laughs) how'd you come to that um there was a a little lull i suppose in my life uh 2010 11 is when i finished up at at bridgewater state um i did five years total of football one of which was at umass amherst um before years of bridgewater four years of basketball bridgewater including a graduate year so i think i got my graduate degree in like 2011 2000 late 2010 early 2011 something like that so once I finished that up, I for the first time in in uh, my adult life anyway, I had my my week nights and weekends sort of free. So I while I was looking for a full time job, I also you know had a, a void to fill because I didn't have basketball or football practice or training or anything like that. You know I would still play pickup basketball at the gym or whatever, but but I had you know my for the most part I had my nights free. So I started watching the the pro wrestling product again, mostly WWE and TNA. Um, but you know, they had enough program for me to watch every single night. So I had something to do every night. I started getting more invested in the program. And then once I got the full-time job, I, I, you know, I still had my nights free. So I, I continued being a fan, um, in one night in particular, uh, I'll, I'll try to keep this story a little short, um, cause it's, it's long and I've told it many times, but uh, the, the gist of it is that uh, my my now fiance, soon to be wife, maybe by the time this is released, probably a wife, um, sort of got us kicked out of the, our original gym, uh, Best Fitness in uh, in Nashville, New Hampshire. So we decided to relocate to Gold's Gym in Nash, also in Nashville, New Hampshire. Uh, I for some reason was researching the manager of that Gold's Gym. I googled Gold's Gym manager, uh, Nashville, New Hampshire. One of the first articles that popped up was an article about uh, Triple H, a.k.a. Paul Levesque, who at the time was, uh, when, when he was a younger lad, he's uh, originally born and raised in Nashville, New Hampshire, and he uh, he managed a Gold's Gym in Nashville, New Hampshire. Um, I don't think it was the same Gold's Gym, but maybe it was. I, I, think, it, I think it was. Was it? Yeah. Was that an old Gold's Gym up there on uh, Exit 8, whatever yeah. it is? It isn't? Yeah, I went to Triple H's gym. Um, <laughs> It doesn't exist anymore now. It's like a fitness lab or something. Oh, really? Handsome was telling me about that the other day because he lives up up near there. Um, anyway, so I, I I googled it. That brought me or that that article said that he trained in Malden, Massachusetts. Also, ironically, at the time on the exact same street I was working on, Pleasant Street, Malden, Massachusetts. Oh, really? Yes. Huh. Oh, did you fan- I- Did you visit the uh, the old? I did, yeah. Kowalski, and yeah. actually, I lived right on Washington Street, which is right off of <laughs> Pleasant. Too. Yeah, yeah, I worked. I worked. Uh, Here's another little funny story that I, I I don't think I've ever told anyone. I used to work at the Committee for Public Council Services on Pleasant Street, 6 Pleasant Street, if I'm not mistaken. It's like a little government building mm-hmm. um, right on the corner there of uh, Pleasant Street. And I uh, I got fired from that job because I attended an AJ Styles <laughs> seminar in uh, in Binghamton, New York for 2CW. And I, they just I, weren't an AJ Styles fan? I, they were not only not an AJ Styles <laughs> fan, they were no longer a fan of me because I, I got... <laughs> I got fired from that job um, <laughs> because I, I said, in, in my defense, I had like a ton of vacation days that I hadn't used, and I just forgot to use one that day. So I was like, oh, crap. It's the, Can I swear on this? Oh, yeah, go for okay. it. Okay. So I was like, oh, shit. Um, <laughs> I, you know, it's the day of the seminar. I said, I'm going to this AJ Styles seminar. I want to get booked to 2CW. I'm going to go to the seminar, and I'll just say I'm taking a sick day or whatever it happens to be, and... Then I stupidly tweeted about it, and apparently they were on my Twitter, and they saw that. 
So I, in my defense, if I just remembered to use a vacation day, I had plenty of those. So it wasn't like I was lying and stealing company money. I had vacation days. They, and I said, look, I have vacation days. You could use 10 of them for all I care, you know? Or if you were just, just flaunting it on social media <laughs> uh, for the world to see. Yeah, back when my, my Twitter <laughs> handle was at Chris Dijak because I didn't even have <laughs> the, the Donovan <laughs> moniker yet. Um, so I, apparently they were following me or, or something. So all 100 of my followers saw that. <laughs> That wonderful tweet, um, which ended up working out for the best because I, I after that I got the job that I'm at right now, which is which is very flexible and allowing me to work a, a part time schedule while I professionally wrestle on the weekends, which is which is great gives me something to do during the weeks and everything. Um, where was my story going? So Kowalski's. I so I so I, I I found the Kowalski's website, which linked me to the CTC website, which linked me to the New England Pro Wrestling Academy website. In North Andover, Massachusetts, North, the great the great town of North Andover, Massachusetts. So, yeah. what was it like uh, training over there? It's um, a lot of people say it's intimidating uh, at first. Intimidating wouldn't be the the, the phrase I would use, um, especially because I have so much experience at like you know high level football. You know, people's jobs and lives are on the line, so so they're screaming and hollering and losing their mind about everything, and every every step and inch you take is is you know criticized and critiqued. So so from that aspect, I wasn't intimidated per se, but but you could definitely tell that Fury was um, intense. He uh, he he his passion, his uh, his drive uh, for his students to succeed was was unparalleled. Um, so so I, I appreciated that. I, I, I definitely bought into the to the fact that he wasn't just there to, to play around, you know, and that's 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 something a lot of pro wrestling trainers don't really do. I, I've scoured the world. I've, I've gone from country to country training at, at all sorts of different places and a lot of places you find that they they understand that a lot of pro wrestling fans who show up to to train and maybe aren't necessarily built uh, for the business they they want to keep them there because you know they're paying money to be there right so they'll they'll cater to them you know uh, oh you you're doing well you're doing fine you know cuz that's human nature people want to hear that they're doing good or when they hear from someone or somewhere that they're that they're doing well then they then they're all excited and then they want to keep coming back Fury doesn't do that. Uh, people get weeded out fairly quickly at the New England Pro Wrestling Academy um, because he'll tell them that they're not doing well and that they need to change things. And, and a lot of human beings don't like to hear that. But the honest truth is if you don't like hearing that, then you're probably not cut out for the pro wrestling business because if you can't take criticism, the, I'm not going to say there's not a spot for you because there's plenty of guys in pro wrestling who can't take criticism, but they, they end up not getting better. That's, that's the nature of it. And I think that's probably one of, if not the most important thing I got from, from playing sports is that if you're in, in sports, you're always trying to get better. It doesn't matter how good you are. Even if you're LeBron James and you know you're the best, you still go to practice and you still look for critique from your coaches because uh, there's always room for improvement. If you're not getting better, you're getting worse. And for some reason, pro wrestling, that for, that doesn't apply to most people. They feel like they reach a point and they, they don't need to train anymore. They don't need to get better, you know. But th there's such a group of guys who work like three times a year and they, they think they're at this level where – where they've reached like the pinnacle of pro wrestling and they, they don't need to, to train to get better. And I, I guess that's just human nature for some people, but it's definitely not what, what Brian Fury allows. And, and I would, I would rank him amongst the, the top uh, trainers in, in, in the world, uh, realistically speaking. And, um, but definitely, definitely easily the most underrated trainer, I think in, in all of pro wrestling. Yeah, it's kind of funny because one of the things when I, when I was uh, I trained there for a bit with Fury, and the one thing I always talked about was um, back when guys broke in in the seventies and eighties and stuff. Uh, aside from their training, but once they actually started working, they're working six and seven nights a week. Oh yeah, uh, that doesn't exist anymore unless no. unless you are with WWE. Right, that's it. <laughs> you know, and so going to wrestling class is of vital importance because if even if you're wrestling friday saturday and sunday that's only three nights a week so if you go and get two extra nights a week the more you're in the ring the more you're better so that's amazing from a very young Spe point, you know young point you picked up on that especially early on i mean if you're in your first two or three years i mean that that's when you're you're creating habits that's when you're you're uh you're uh, molding what what and who you want to be. I think then especially you need to be in the ring as much as possible. Um, just 
uh, for muscle memory's sake, if if nothing else. I mean, may, maybe once once you get you know five or six years in, if if you're if you're a good worker, you're working you know three maybe max four times a week, something like that. That might be enough, especially if it's against like really good competition. Um, but any anything less than that, I. You can you can maintain, but you're certainly I don't think you're going to get better, in my opinion. But that that's that's a, a basketball, it's a football mentality. You know, we'd we'd practice five days a week. We'd have games the other days, uh, and and I I played two sports all the way through college, so there was never an off off season for me. Um, you know, maybe physically I'm regretting it now, but <laughs> but it it definitely creates a a. Um, a mindset for lack of a better word that the a mentality that constantly need to be improving you know that's another thing is that a lot of guys um they're they're taught you know you need to you need to get feedback you need to ask guys for feedback which is fine if you don't but a lot of guys um a lot of guys ask for feedback and they only want to hear positive things which always bugged me I, it's I, such bullshit i'll, I'll literally <laughs> I, I i don't ask a lot of guys for feedback which is definitely a fault of mine I, I i've shared um i was just in a locker room with with kurt angle and I, I i meant to ask him for feedback and i didn't because i i don't know i always feel like i'm annoying guys so i, I don't want to like bug people um which is a definitely a fault of mine and i wish i were better about it but when i do ask guys for feedback i i always ask like uh like handsome for feedback. He was one of one of the guys who helped originally train me. So I, I, I trust that he's going to be honest with me. I know that he's experienced. Um, and I, and, and even, even him, when I ask him for feedback, I don't say, Hey man, you, did you see my match? What did you think? Cause, cause to me, that's just asking for a bunch of compliments. Like, Hey, Hey man, you know, <laughs> put me over, tell me how good I am. I'll, I'll specifically ask guys like, Oh, what, what didn't you like? What, what, because that's, that's, that's the basketball mentality. That's the football mentality. You got to find out what you did wrong so you can fix that. I'm, I'm disinterested in what I did right. I know what I did right because the crowd cheered when I did something right or, you know, whatever reaction I was looking for. That's that's what, what happened and what I got. So I know when I did something right. I need to know the the, the, the details of, of what I did wrong. And so that that's what I specifically ask guys for. And I, I don't feel like a lot of guys do that nowadays. I think a lot of people are just fishing for compliments which oh yeah you're exactly right you got the guys who um yeah they just want to be told what they're doing right, or right. They, don't, they don't really give a shit it's just like just like oh this is what i'm supposed to right, do right right i'm it, supposed to shake everybody's hand yeah, i'm supposed to ask the vets for baloney, feedback like yeah, yeah and, and it becomes this like the moment you, you, you you'll know and you'll probably think of like a couple people when i when i say this the Oh, what what did you think? Well, you could have done this a little better. Yeah, well, you know, you know, I, I just do this for fun, anyways. So, <laughs> <Right>. you <know? laughs> well, here's what I was thinking. I'm like, oh, cool. You know, I'm glad you asked me for feedback so I could, so you could tell me what what you what your thought process was. No, but no, man, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, speaking of trainers, you were around a lot of uh, great trainers uh, pretty early on because. You went down to Florida for a WWE tryout, like a, a week camp, pretty early on in your career. How early was that? Uh, it wasn't a week camp. It was. It was, oh, okay. it was only like three days. Uh, I think they might do weeks now. I don't. I don't know. Um, so I started. Uh, I did my first fantasy camp at the at the New England Pro Wrestling Academy in uh, September of 2012. Um, I had. Uh, to save up money to afford the tuition. Um, so my brother loaned me the money. So I started, uh, th- like selling advertising dog food at Petco, uh, to, <laughs> so I picked up a second job in order to be able to afford pro wrestling training. So I'm, I, I started the training in I think early October or something like that. And then in, it wasn't that long. Cause when, when I started my, my thought process was, I'm. uh, a bigger guy. I'm a tall guy. I'm going to send my stuff to WWE as soon as I possibly can. And I'm going to get signed by WWE and that, that'll be it. Um, which isn't too outlandish. A, a not, theory, especially like back then when they were taking guys off the street, just because they're big and tall back then. Yeah, it, it was definitely the, uh, I'd say it was in the beginning of the transition to, right. to where they kind of are now, which is, um, yeah, they still like bigger guys, but but for the most part, especially if you're an indie guy, it doesn't matter too too much how what your size is. But yeah, definitely back then, we, it was still on the there was still the remnants of the the old WWE code, which was you know six two two forty and you're in, and 
I was 6'5", 250, so I was, in my head, I was definitely in, um, which wasn't the case. <laughs> out, of, out, of, <laughs> out of my tryout, the, ironically, the guys who got signed were Chad Gable, who's obviously doing very well right now, um, and uh, Sonny something. I don't even know what his work name is, but he just debuted on the Authors of Pain, that thing, because okay. they didn't sign him, and then he went and like did the Olympics or something, and then got a gold medal or something, and then they signed him, and then he started training, and then he debuted as, as Look, get, one of those. Get a gold medal. You got to sign Right. You got you to sign the gold medal. <laughs> so I think I think him, and then uh, the, uh, there might have been one other guy who was like a big uh, amateur wrestler type. So lots of amateur wrestlers at, at that tryout camp. Um uh, some of them Olympians and some of them, you know, obviously got signed. I was not one of them. <laughs> I did not get signed. Uh, but yeah, so I, I contacted WWE really early on. I think late December, early January, uh, 2012 to 2013, I contacted them. I got a response in January uh, that said that they wanted to bring me in for a tryout camp. It was the, the final tryout camp at uh, the old FCW in Tampa. Uh it was the right before they built uh, Performance Center. It's funny. Uh, Todd uh, Hanson, he went to the first one at the Performance Center. Correct. So, yeah. They actually asked me um, which one I wanted to go to. He said, do you want to go to uh, this one? I didn't know it was going to be at Performance Center, but he said, do you want to go to this one in June, uh, which will be mostly amateur athletes and Olympic athletes and stuff, or do you want to go to this one in August, let's say, I don't know exactly what month it was, but right. this one in August, which will be more indie wrestlers. And my, I was green as hell at the time. So I'm like, I don't want to be the one with indie wrestlers. I'm going to be, <laughs> I'm going to be totally exposed. I'll go to the, the one with athletes. Like I know. And I ended up doing fairly well because all it was, was like blow up drills and in ring stuff. And, and even if, this is the, 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 the funny story that I like to tell a lot of the, the, the trainees at the school is I was in the ring with a bunch of literally Olympic caliber athletes. And most of them were getting blown to smithereens because being in the ring is a very specific skill set that any, even if you're the greatest athlete on earth, you can't just step into a pro wrestling ring and, and knock out the blow up drills because they're hard. They're hard as hell. The only, the only guys who for the most part did, uh, you know, about as well as I did or, or, or better than me were the guys who ended up getting signed. Like Gable just took right to it. He, he was killing the, the blow up drills, but but for the most part, guy, you know, Olympic caliber athletes, ex NFL players, they're all getting blown to smithereens because it's really hard to hit the ropes and have that footwork that you need to get up and down and get up and down and jump over the ropes and whatever else the hell they had us do. But um, but yeah, so I I, I agreed to to that. Um, so they also told me they wanted me to do TV. So ironically, my first match was uh, was in a WWE ring uh, right before <laughs> right before SmackDown in Hershey, Pennsylvania. Um, yeah, before the doors opened, right? Before the doors opened, yeah. yes. It was not a it was not a dark match. It was just the the tryout match beforehand. So yeah, that's um, that's sort of how my progression to into that that camp started. I, I kind of got to the camp by going through Jerry Briscoe, who's who's normally known for being an amateur wrestling scout. Mm -hmm. I obviously have no not obviously, but I have no amateur wrestling background whatsoever. My background's in football and basketball. Um, so he, he wanted me to gain a lot of weight. So I was gaining weight for that camp. Um, I had a lot of issues going into that camp. I, I ended up tearing my, my, uh, my right pectoral muscle in a, uh, training, uh, seminar a month beforehand. So I was doing extensive rehab while I was going there. It was, it was a whole barrel of fun basically is, is what it, what it boils down to. So I'm, so I'm curious cause I mean, we've seen, you know, I mean, you've been around long enough now to see guys go there, get turned down. And I'm always interested because in I, I think at the time, I don't know how much interacting we were doing at, at this point in time, probably not a whole hell of a lot. Um, but what was your mindset coming out of that? So you went there, you put out, you, you kind of coming out of the gate. You, it seems like you put like all your eggs into that basket. Like what is, what is your mindset coming out of that now? Cause I mean, obviously you've adapted now and doing pretty damn well for yourself, but I, I, thankfully I, I didn't get the like, the go kill yourself response <laughs> that I hear a lot of guys get the, the, Hey man, burn your boots and uh, don't ever call back. I didn't get that response. I, I, I've, I've been steadily getting the, the, <laughs> there's always next year kid like for, for three years now. So, so we'll see if, if, if there is next year at some point, but, um, but yeah, I, I, so the doors always remained open, which is fine. In my head, uh, I guess I, I justified it as well. You know, if, if this route isn't going to work for me, then I'm gonna I'm gonna make sure that I, I figure it out somehow. I'm gonna dedicate myself to figuring this out. Um, 
and 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 at that point, I mean, I'm you know nine months in, so at that point, I I had already grown a a love for pro wrestling. I had I had you know I get, if you if you contacted me on day one, it was yeah probably WWE or bust. Once once I'm nine months in and I, I go to the tryout camp, I mean. I'd uh, picked up a second job. I'd made so many sacrifices at that point. I'd done ring crew. I'd been amongst the boys forever. I'd been training three, four times a week. I've been killing myself, busting my ass, killing myself, busting my ass. So at that point, I, I'm in love with pro wrestling. So I go to this tryout and they tell me to go, you know, the, you know, it's not, they didn't tell me to go pound sand, but you know, they, they say, oh, you know, you're not what we're looking for right now. That's not going to stop. I'm not going to say, oh, well, that's it. You know, because at that point I'm already in love with pro wrestling. You know, it's, it's something I'd already dedicated my life to at that point. So, so I said, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm going to succeed somewhere else and I'm going to prove them wrong. So, so that from that aspect, it's definitely, I, I understand some other guys I, and I, I've obviously, we've all heard the story of the guy who, who works and works and works and finally gets that big break and goes to the tryout and then gets told no. And then they want to, you know, they want to go you know, play in the street or something. <laughs> they never, they won't, they never want to see the, a pro wrestling ring again. That I understand because you know you work hard and you work hard. I didn't work that hard to get there. I mean, obviously <laughs> I worked hard, but first time they saw me, they oh this guy's tall, let's bring him in for a camp or whatever. So so it wasn't like I I I was in some like horrible dark place. You know, I they said no, fine. You know, I'll I'm sure I'll have up other opportunities in the future. It's it's fine. There's other other companies. I think I went to a ROH camp maybe like three months after that. So, so and and I've been incredibly fortunate. It's not it's not um it's not lost on me what other guys had to go through in the world of professional wrestling before I got in it. I, I understand that that I obviously got an opportunity that I didn't deserve because of the the way that I looked, and I I um it's also not lost to me that 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 other guys you know they they um like some guys will will hear me me talking about it brushing aside the WWE opportunity that's not that's not what I'm 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 trying to do because I understand the 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 nuances of how professional wrestling has has developed especially on the independent level over the past 10 years i i get that that back maybe in 2004 2005 that, that if you got a shot like that was it and if it didn't work out like it it was like ring of honor wasn't an option you know like uh there was no traveling overseas i i understand that and i'm 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 lucky in that sense that that it's 2016 or at the time it was 2014 and pro wrestling was moving in that direction where where guys like me could have the opportunity to to wrestle at a at a at a beyond wrestling, you know, and have the whereas whereas ten years ago in New England, if you wanted to work, you know, good if you wanted to work good high quality wrestling matches, you had maybe one or two options. Now I've got five or six options. Now I can go to different places and 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 places can afford to not saying I didn't make financial sacrifices. I did. I made a lot of them, but it's it's Right now is a is a, a perfect storm on the independent scene, and and that's not lost on me. I understand that things would be a lot different if it were 10, 15 years ago, and that I'm I'm incredibly fortunate to have the opportunities that I have on both uh, in terms of the my height, my size, my look, whatever it happens to be that that gets me the the tryouts and opportunities. Both combined with the fact that I can even pursue the opportunities because there a lot of these are opportunities that didn't exist ten years ago. You know, I like ROH has tryout camps now where where you can go to be seen. Whereas ten years ago, I don't know how the hell you got into ROH. You probably had to know a guy who knew a guy. You probably had to be in the business for ten years and know Gabe Sapolsky's daughter's son's brother. For all I know, you know, it's and 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 with the progression of YouTube and with the progression of Facebook Messenger. I mean, these are all things that didn't exist ten years ago, and I. I just happen to be lucky that now is the time I got into professional wrestling because I've I've benefited greatly from 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 all of those things and that's I think that's why guys are are able to to progress the way that they are now. I mean, uh, a, a guy like me or a guy like Leo Rush, for example, you know, who's only been wrestling two years, a guy like Moose. I mean, granted, Moose was in the NFL, so maybe it's a little different. Or a guy like Matt Riddle, who was in UFC, you know, they they progress a little quicker because you know maybe they're given some more opportunities, but. I mean, the same goes for me because I'm a taller guy, but uh, I, I think I think in this day and age, you're allowed to progress quicker just because you're allowed more opportunities because it's it's just the way that, that things have fallen into place. You know, a guy like Leo Rush is able to be on Ring of Honor. He's not even like two years in the business. I mean, that that has something to do with the fact that you can go to these camps, that you can go to, 
you can send people your 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 matches on YouTube. You can get booked in in Delaware, Florida, wherever by sending stuff. I I was booked at, in WXW in in Mineola, Florida. I, I probably wasn't a year into the business, and I was I was traveling to Florida. That's not something I don't think that occurred even five years ago. Because how the hell were you going to get your? You know what? Do you like send a tape to some random address that you got from some guy? Like the the I I just feel like it's it's different now in in today's day and age. So so I I've been fortunate in that aspect. Do I do I think if if it, if it were a different time that I wouldn't have pursued it? I think I would have anyway, because that's how much I loved pro wrestling and I loved being in the ring and whatever. But do I think I would be at, in the spot I am right now at the level I am right now? No, absolutely not. I don't. I don't think I would be even close, to be completely honest. Yeah, it's refreshing you have that that perspective because as somebody who has who spent the you know predominance of my, of my in ring career during the kind of time you were talking about, like, oh, my God, it's a different climate. I mean, when I first broke in, it was like the days of like, I mean, now I feel like a company pops up, they put up a ring, and there's a hundred or more people there by accident. <laughs> it's, it's true. I mean, Mike, and Mike can attest to this. How many times do we work in front of crowds of, I mean, at one point, the Chaotic, which now regularly draws 200 or so plus, um, I mean, 125, 130 was a good night, and you'd work all these shows where, it's friends and family. I worked a show. Uh, they allowed us to have a comp, um, and there was literally nobody paid. So I made Steph, my, my, my girlfriend at the time, now wife, I made her pay because there was literally no paid fans at this show, um, and, and there was no money to be made. There, well, there was one place, WWE. That was it. So this, yep. this renaissance is and amazing. I, I, I actually had... Um I was at the very end of that. My my beginning days were like the conclusion of that time period, which I think is also good for me in terms of perspective, because I I can remember I, I I've worked I've also worked shows in, in front of zero people that that d- didn't pay, and so for me to to literally see like the 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 grassroots seed planting progression of what it's turned into today, where everyone's on the independent level anyway, and I guess WWE too is is benefiting from it, and to see this this uprise in social media and, and YouTube and people being able to watch and and um, the uh, on demand accounts those. Those things where like every company has an on-demand account now that you're paying money for to to see, um, so I, I think it's good that that I was able to get the the perspective of that, especially especially like coming up in the business. I mean, as as a as a green kid in, in 2012 to to really have to to work and and hustle to to make you know 15 bucks or whatever it happened to be, I, I think I think benefited me, um, but not as much as as the whole. Um, the whole progression of how everything's gone over the past four years has, has obviously benefited everyone. So uh, leaving that trial camp, you know, you went back, uh, chaotic wrestling, uh, became the chaotic wrestling champion, did all these indies all over, like you're saying. Uh, how did the ROH opportunity come up? I mean, I, I was going to the, I guess that's another benefit of, of the way I, um, I guess my perspective coming into wrestling, because I started when I was 25. Most guys start when they're 18, so they're just kids. Um, in my opinion, they're just kids. I, I was a dumb kid at 18, and most people are. Um, 25, still dumb, but less of a kid. <laughs> <laughs> I had a little bit more perspective, so I, I knew my clock was ticking. Um, even right now, I know my clock's ticking. I'm 29 now, and I, you know, how many years do you have left in pro wrestling? Uh, you know, if if I'm lucky, maybe 10. Um, if I'm really lucky, maybe 15, you know, <laughs> um, so, so I, I knew I had to get the, the ball rolling. So I, I was trying everything, you know, I've, I've done tryout matches for evolve. I've done tryout matches for CZW. I did every ring of honor camp to me, to me, the camps, especially as a, as a, as a, as a green guy coming up in the business, those were seminars and camps and especially tryout camps were, were no brainers to me because that those are the, the. I want to use the word free, um, even though they cost money, right? Because the 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 opportunities where they can't say no, you know. <laughs> there's, yeah. there's plenty of people like I can I could send out, and I got said no to a million million fucking times. Uh, <laughs> I sent out more email. That's the, that's the thing is I think people in pro wrestling are afraid to get told no, which always struck me as as strange. 
because I'm, I, especially coming up in sports, I was constantly told no. Uh, I sent out letters to every college in, in the world, I think, to, to try to get recruited. Almost all of them didn't respond. Some of them did and said no. The three that did respond were like UMass, BC, Syracuse, and then like a couple of like Maine and brown or whatever so not to so the, be bragging or anything they're the they're the <laughs> and not a brag because uh, syracuse and bc i went to both of their camps and they told me to go fly a kite um and then umass offered me a partial scholarship you maine offered me a full scholarship but that was maine i don't know if you've ever been to maine or no that place is sure oh, oh boy our listeners in maine are angry right now uh, they're not that angry because i my my official visit to the university of maine in orono was uh, I, I want to say January 16th or something like that, oh. which um, it was cold. <laughs> it was very, very cold. And there was nobody on campus because they were on winter break. So it was not a positive experience. But anyway, I, I got denied from so many places in that. So I learned that you, you're not going to get any opportunities that you don't ask for. So I asked everybody in pro wrestling and I got told no constantly. It's, it's, it's so funny to me going back now now that that you know I, I because now I'm you know pro wrestling's uh, my full-time job so now um, you know I, I have to treat it like a full-time job so I have to I have to hustle looking for for jobs you know I have openings I got to fill these openings I gotta you know weigh weigh prices and costs and stuff um, so I'm doing all that and I I, I, I message some of these people and uh, because I see they have an opening or whatever and then right above that because Facebook Messenger saves every message you've ever sent in its in its cachet history or whatever. Right. And some of them I'll have messages from 2014, 2013, 2012, just me sending out matches for forever. It was me and you from uh, from from Lowell. It was it was me and Brian Malone. It's from Lowell. It was, oh, it, was, it was legitimately the first match I ever had that wasn't like a squash <laughs> match or like a weird like against like a weird like uh, you, you were the best opponent I had I had I had, I had wrestled. All right, I like to, this guy to, 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 to that very point. Um, so did I get you any bookings? At least? No, almost <laughs> Son of a bitch. <laughs> almost none because I, I was wow. sending, I was sending it to everyone. I didn't care. There, there was no <laughs> reservation. I'd send it to funny. I was getting a lot of calls around this time. I sent, I sent, the, <laughs> I sent that match to, to Dreamwave, to PWG, to, to uh, VIP, to um, freelance, to, to every company across uh, wherever to evolve to CZW. I'd, I'd send it anywhere because I didn't care. They, they'd look at it. They'd say, oh, this guy's green. He stinks. I'm not booking him. They'd say they'd either ignore it or say no. All right, that's fine. So to me, the 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 camps and the 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 the, the pay to have a dark match, those were those were the easiest choices I could make because well, they can't say no. I'm paying them to say yes. Right. So once I get in front of them, they'll see. Oh, maybe he doesn't suck so bad. Maybe you know, maybe he's got potential or whatever it happens to be. And 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 the best part is they would run them you know periodically, so I could keep going back. So. So yeah, I started with chaotic. Um, I, I must have done. A, I must have done my first ROH camp. I think it, it was definitely 2013. Yeah, it was 2013, late 2013. So I had only been on shows for maybe three months, and I remember telling them that, and they were flabbergasted. Um, uh, I, I remember specifically uh, Hunter the the uh, delirious. Uh, he. I remember specifically he was impressed with how I worked the hard cam, which was something that was always a, a fundamental that was that was pushed at the school. Um, obviously, they didn't. I I wasn't ready to be in in Ring of Honor the first mm -hmm. time. The second time uh, was like February of 2014, so they put me on. Uh, gosh, what was what was that show? Future of Honor. Future of Honor two. Yep, against Moose was that summer, and then. So that was like a almost like a developmental show that Ring of Honor put on. Yes, in Delaware, I think Laurel, Delaware. Yep. Yeah. So you and Moose. Yeah, we broke the ring. Um, <laughs> Moose was should have reinforced the ring for that yeah, one. <laughs> Moose was heavier at the time. I was heavier at the time. Uh, he just hit the ropes. <laughs> it might have been the first time he'd ever hit the ropes in a match, like uh, by the power of someone else. I'm sure he did. Like he he runs into the ropes himself. But like right, right. I you know I I don't know who he'd wrestled before that, but 
for the first time in our lives, we had someone else our size to to sort of wrestle. So we we did we you know we did plenty of uh, whip reversals and and whatever happened to to show up at the time. And one of them, he hit the ropes and it just snapped the, the top rope. It didn't snap, but it it made that big loud like clinging noise. Right. And then all of a sudden, the rope the ropes looked like wet noodles. Mm, yeah. So. Uh, that didn't stop me from doing my backflip off the second rope, <laughs> which which uh, I got. I didn't get yelled at, but like I got like a, like a hunter gave me a talk in the back. Like you can't be doing backflips off of broken ropes. <laughs> so that was an early lesson. Had to get your shit in though. That, that was an yeah. That was an, that was an early lesson in uh, in uh, it doesn't matter that this is ROH. <laughs> you still need to wrestle smart, sort right. of um, sort of mindset. So. Uh, so yeah, that that happened. I I still um again every every opportunity I had to to show up and do ring crew and be seen to me those were and I was green at the time so that th- those were easy no brainer choices. I'm gonna I'm gonna go. I'm gonna do ring crew for for anyone who's willing to let me. I did ring crew for Evolve, CCW, ROH a million times, Chikara a million times because I wanted. I wanted these. Com- I wanted one of these companies to invest in me. I wanted one of them to to, to take a chance and say, "This kid's green and he kind of sucks, but you know he's working his ass off and and he, he he's got potential." So eventually, ROH took that chance on me uh, with the with the top prospect term. I found out about that in in late 2014. I was booked for early 2015, and I ended up winning the top prospect term. And I. I I got a, a good string of opponents. Um, I was able to string together a bunch of good matches, and they ended up they ended up signing me. So, so that's where I've been for the past year and a half plus now. That last match, the finals, that it was at the ECW Arena, right? Yep. Was would you consider that one of your uh, favorites, like a highlight for you? It was definitely special. Um, it's funny you you go back and and watch it. I hate going back and watching old matches like anything more than like four months <laughs> because I just I'm only four years into my career now it, from from the day I stepped foot in a pro wrestling ring was was uh, around or a little more than four months ago or four years ago so that's not very long so I, I'm even even today I'm still progressing at kind of a rapid rate. Um, especially considering now I'm, I'm, you know, every, every time I wrestle, I get to wrestle someone really good, <laughs> you know, like la- last week I, I got to wrestle Matt cross and it, that was kind of like, a it, it, it kind of gets lost on you. Like, like when I, when I have good opponents every single week, like world-class opponent, I mean, he's like a, a lucha un- premier guy on lucha underground and it's, and it's, it almost gets lost in the shuffle, you know, and it's it's crazy that I'm I'm able to wrestle such quality opponents every week. But um but yeah, even even if I watch a match from like four, five months ago, I, I watch and I go, Oh, this this isn't good and this isn't good and this isn't good. Um, even though they're matches that at the time I you know, I was like the greatest match of my life and you know, I had the crowd rocking and rolling. Uh, so that match in particular I probably haven't watched in a year or two. Um, well, not two. It's less than two years ago. But I probably haven't. <laughs> I probably haven't watched it in a year, uh, just because I'll, I'll look at the fundamentals and like gag because they'll 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 make me sick. But uh, but the the feeling from that night because um, it's funny. It, it's funny wrestling in front of a crowd who's seen you before as opposed to a crowd who's never seen you before. And I know I know Sami Zayn touched upon this recently that that he's sad that he'll never be able to wrestle a match ever again in front of a crowd that doesn't know who he is because there's something so special about showing up in front of people who've never seen you before and you just walk out to silence and you go, Oh, these people aren't going to be silent when I leave. (laughs) And then you're able to just wow them with all your stuff and your stuff's so original and whatever it happens to be. And they're, they're all so impressed and they're on their feet. So it's almost like it's a fine, it's a fine balance between, uh, going out dry in front of a crowd who's never seen you before, as opposed to going out in front of a crowd where you're, you're established and, and, and over in front of, um, because on on the one hand, if 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 they've never seen you, you can impress them with all sorts of new shit. But um, if you're over, then it's it's almost harder to figure out which reaction is genuine and which one is like, that's our guy. You know, like I, I I'm actually going through this right now at, at Beyond because I've had I've had so many quality opponents there that it feels like I've had like. 
10 matches in a row or whatever, which have been really good. So the crowd is really invested in me. So at this point, I go out to wrestle matches and they're already, you know, the second my music hits, they're they're losing their minds. They're, they're chanting my name the whole time. So I don't know whether anything I'm doing is good or not because I feel like I could just go in the ring and just like like start hula hooping and they'd start losing their minds about it, which is <laughs> which is kind of a disservice to me because I I need the criticism from the fans just as much as I need it from from the 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 the, the trainers and the the wrestlers in the back. So so it's it's a fine balance between that and and going out there in front of people who don't know who you are and don't care who you are and won't give you the time of day and aren't even paying attention to anything you're doing. So yeah, long story short, uh, <laughs> that match in my memory uh, holds a very special place because it was the the first time I really captured a crowd. They were really invested. It obviously got me a job. Uh, Will's obviously a, a tremendous opponent. Uh, we've had some of our, our best matches against one another. Um, but yeah, I'm probably not going to go back and watch the full match ever again because it, it just it, it it it'll look gross to me. So you uh, talked about Beyond Wrestling and all the uh, quality opponents you've had there. Uh, what do you think about Beyond overall, the presentation, being a part of it? What does that mean to you? I sent Drew Cordero a message. Um, I don't think I've ever told anyone this, actually. Oh, inside stuff. Inside stuff, you yes. Uh, exclusive. They had a show. I want to say Adam Cole was booked, and something happened with the ring or something like that. No, there was like a shooting outside of the of the the the, the place outside of Fet. Oh yeah, music. I remember that. Yeah, they- um, and and they had to, they had to shut down. They had to cancel the show. He lost his ass because I think he paid everyone regardless. So so he was out of money. They didn't know if they were going to have another show. I remember sending him a message. Not, yeah. I mean, I was I was. <laughs> trying to make good with the booker or whatever, but I, I genuinely <laughs> meant what I sent him, which was that this area needs beyond wrestling. Um, because at the time we had chaotic wrestling and we had top rope kind of, and we had NECW sort of an XWA kind of on the rise. But really, if you wanted like good quality opponents for me at the time, all I had was chaotic. Top Rope was giving me some bookings and I had, you know, I was getting okay opponents at other places, but chaotic was kind of it. And chaotic had a very unique style, not mm-hmm. unique, unique's the wrong word. It had a very, um, <laughs> corporate. that's what I want to say. <laughs> I want to say WWE corporate. I, I was going to say like formulaic, if that makes sense. But the, it, it was very much that that WWE larger than life, make everything count, make the most out of everything. So to me, that was a good thing, but we needed more, especially in the area because the way the indies were going and the way that a lot of places had super indies and, and you had to wrestle a, a certain style to, to get uh, flown places and whatever it happened to be, we didn't exactly have that in the area. So I messaged him and I told him, I said, you know, hey man, I, I, I please let me know if there's anything I can do to, to help you out, whatever you need, because I, I know I don't work for Beyond Wrestling, but like this area needs Beyond Wrestling. Uh, because we we had the other parts covered, we had the the quote unquote WWE feeder system companies covered. We needed that style of wrestling in mm-hmm. this area, and to this day, I still believe that we need that style of wrestling in this area because it's now it's becoming infectious now because of the success Beyond's had. XWA is having more success like that. I, XWA existed for a long time, but I right. I don't know what they were like before, but I assume it was it was less like they are now. Well, you know, is, Brian was is the last uh, one half of the last XWA tag team champions. Was it, so you worked there. What, were, were they like an indie kind of company before Beyond was? They, they were like no, they were more like a like a chaotic type that's thing. What I, it was that's all it was basically all like the uh, pretty much any, yeah, and, any, stuff, any, any and maybe com- like a big name, any like decent company around pretty much used the same mix of probably right, like right. ten or fifteen guys. Right. And I will say, yeah, me and Max Bauer have probably been the XWA tag team champions for like. <laughs> 13 years now so <laughs> maybe it'll bring you back um, yeah, maybe he is bringing you back though right we just discussed this wait yeah. a minute here hold on <laughs> uh-oh, uh-oh insider information alert um but yeah now now those companies are bringing in more guys they're bringing in the air foxes the paul london's of the world uh, jt dunn's doing very well for himself even though he's he's a local guy um 
So Blitzkrieg Pro Wrestling is starting to take more to that style. So it's it's infectious, you know. Cha- Chaotic is starting to build more like that. And I know you had a large part in in that happening, Brian. So it's it's uh, and to me that's that's benefiting everyone. That 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 benefits everyone. Um, it's it's more money for everyone. It's more it's it's more uh, visibility for everyone. So so the fact that Beyond Wrestling was able to to get back on their feet uh, is. Uh, is, a, is, is both a testament to Drew Cordero and uh, a, a luxury to, to guys like myself who've obviously benefited tremendously from, from, from Beyond Wrestling specifically. Let's go back to Ring of Honor. Um, okay. You got this big match coming up uh, September 30th, Lowell, Massachusetts, right uh, down the street from where you started training. All-Star Extravaganza 8, Ring of Honor pay-per-view. You and Bobby Fish for the TV title. You consider this your biggest match? Technically, this is a spoiler alert because Bobby Fish versus Shibata is on is on uh, television this week. Um, spoiler alert: Bobby Fish wins. Uh, <laughs> well, it's been announced on the week on the they, website. They announced it on the website under the the context of spoiler alert. Oh, I see. So you ruined it for all of you. Oh my god! <laughs> you ruined ROH TV this I'm week. I'm never getting a Ring of Honor now. No. <laughs> yeah, could you could you hold off on that? I mean, I, I got a big opportunity here coming up with Ring of Honor. Could you hold off on, on spoiling their television program, Mike? Are you trying to? Is that what you're trying to do? You're trying to make sure I'm I'm stuck here on the, on this podcast with you forever? Yeah, I can't do this alone. I I apologize. What was the what was the final question of of the of the Bobby Fish? Do you feel like this is your biggest match in Ring of Honor? pay-per-view TV uh, it's title the biggest match of my career not just yeah. in ring of honor yeah uh, without question um bobby fish such a high caliber opponent lowell massachusetts more or less my hometown I, I mean i lived in tingsboro for so long which is right on the lowell border um it's where i made my my chaotic debut uh which was probably my second match ever or something like that it's where I wrestled a, a ton of really <laughs> important matches, including against Brian Malonis, including a one where I wrestled. Uh, I know he wanted to get to this story. I, I wrestled Chase Del Monte in oh Massachusetts, boy. and I bled like a stuck pig all over all over the Lowell PAV. I I christened it with my blood while my my lovely. Uh, it, this was before fiance. My lovely girlfriend at the time, I think, was uh, was no, in no, attendance. No, you, you had you had just gotten engaged. I had just gotten <laughs> engaged, had I? Oh my god! Yeah, yeah. Goodness. Do you want me to tell you how I know how? Please. So Dijak's bleeding all over the place. <laughs> I would say your girlfriend, though, probably not not like not like an unreasonable reaction. No, because uh, I'm guessing Ashley's not a huge. Wrestling she is fan. not a pro wrestling fan. Yes. So so for all the everyone who's listening to this is probably a pro wrestling fan. Imagine you're not a pro wrestling fan, and the the love of your life is is bleeding profusely in in a scene like uh like when where do you see a crimson mask if you're not a pro wrestling fan where do you see crimson mask like a war movie maybe yeah like someone just got their head blown off like yeah it wasn't a little bit of blood yeah that's the only time you see like a lot of blood so 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 this is the love of her life bleeding profusely she has no idea whether it's scripted whether whether i'm but as most people know it's not scripted i did not intend for that to happen i was accidentally bleeding profusely from the head and and she was not not happy about it no so she's she's backstage now and and like things have diffused a little bit you're back the match is over mm-hmm. you're you're getting cleaned up or whatever and i think she was talking to jamie and, and i can see the angst on her face so I, i'm just trying to like help now i'm just trying to like <laughs> make small talk or whatever yeah. get her mind off of the fact that you may have just died um <laughs> so i go oh my god i haven't i haven't said congratulations congratulations and 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 she looks at me and goes I'm not worried about that right now or something to that effect. I was like, okay, I'm going to walk in the other room now. (laughs) My, my, uh, my fiance soon to be wife next week is a, is a very, uh, uh, the the first word that comes to mind is abrasive, but that that's not, not exactly true because she's actually a real sweetheart and she, she like bakes cookies and stuff for the whole locker room now. So everybody loves her. But but when she's unhappy, you're you're very much aware of it. And she was not happy that night. I think she scolded uh, Jamie. She cornered like Jamie and who who was the Booker? Were you the Booker at the time? Uh, yeah, it was me. Me and Tarzan. I think it was, I think Tarzan was back at that point. Chase. She definitely um, cornered Chase and was Jamie. Cha- yeah, I, I didn't. The only wrath I got was was when I tried to like. 
you know, continued diffusing right, right. the situation, which, which was, and, and, and again, to, <laughs> to, to, I adore your girlfriend or your, or your, or your soon to be wife. Yes. Like, like she's a, a wonderful woman mm-hmm. and, and I enjoy talking to her. Um, and, and when she found out I was leaving chaotic, she had very nice things to say about me. Yep. Um, but wow. Yeah. <laughs> she, was <not> <laughs> she was not happy. She just, I didn't see this part. I just heard about it from, from, chase and jamie that she cornered them scolding them i mean in in her defense they probably kind of deserved it um maybe chase definitely deserved it because chase hit me with the wrong side of a trash can lid and and that's what busted me open in a in a show where the expectation is no blood no cursing no blood no cursing we all know all the rules but um so so my bleeding was definitely his fault she was mad at jamie for not stopping the match which there's an argument to be made that he probably should have stopped that match on a, on a show in a show in front of a bunch of children. Uh, I'm happy he didn't because it ended up being a, a big moment for me and I became this this martyr or whatever. Um, so I'm happy he didn't. But in hindsight, as a as a promoter of a show in front of children uh, where we advertise a PG atmosphere, I was bleeding pretty bad. I, I, think- I may have had a hand in that match not getting stopped. I- <laughs> <laughs> that's why now I know I, I may have had a hand in that that's match why not I know being stopped. Rich, Rich Palladino would have words with you as well because I, I bled a, a pool of blood probably probably the size of maybe three basketballs right in front of his son who who was visibly disturbed by it and he was not happy with me because of that <laughs> hey, you know what that shit happens yeah, it's yeah, pro look, wrestling listen listen like you don't you know, have to you know I, I wasn't mad about it but but she definitely was and <laughs> yes, rich, rich was. wasn't thrilled either so so yeah lowell obviously has a, a huge huge importance to me um, I'm well, not sure. The question I, is: Is Ashley coming to the pay per view? She is. She is. All right. If I get busted open, my goodness, it'll be it'll be stop pay, the pay per view. It'll be it'll be it'll be it'll be live on pay per view. We're not stopping anything. Uh, TV 14 rating, I think. So so we can go all night with that blood if we want. Um, but yeah, hopefully that doesn't happen. Um, but yeah, the, I, I'm not sure I could handpick a better venue. Um, it'll be it'll be really interesting because I'm 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 kind of a a revered character on 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 television through no real choice of my own. I I, I just kind of do whatever, and the crowd reacts one way or another. And I'm one of the very few people in in Ring of Honor who get booed, which is fine with me. I don't I don't care either way as long as I'm getting some sort right. of reaction. I, th- I think originally they wanted me to get cheered and I just started getting booed and I was like, well, F it. If they're going to boo me, I'm not going to, I'm not going to pretend I like it. So I just started <laughs> telling, telling the fans to, to, you know, go stick pound. It. Yeah, to stick it. <laughs> and then they just booed me more. So, so I think for the first time it'll be interesting because I'm, I'm fairly certain that I'll get cheered. If I don't, I don't care, but uh, I'm fairly certain that this, this match will have buzz if nothing else. So I'm, I'm very excited for it. I have some fun stuff planned with, um, with some familiar faces and I, I, I think it's going to be, yeah, there's a little insider tip. Stay tuned. Uh, but yeah, I, I think it, I think it's, it's really good. And, and, and all that, all that being said, Bobby fish is one of the best pro wrestlers in the world. And it's for one of the most prestigious titles in, in the history of pro wrestling. So I could not possibly be more excited than I am for this match. Well, um, me and Brian should be there. We'll be watching, and Yay. it's an all-star extravaganza Friday, September 30th on traditional pay-per-view from Lowell, Massachusetts, and this has been fantastic. Mr. Dijak, it's great having you here, and thank you very much for being on the Wrestling Podcast About Nothing. Oh, thank you for having me. Yeah, guys. and before we finish, I just want to say one thing. You know, uh, My match with you at Cold Fury, legitimately one of my favorite matches I've ever had in 15 years, and then the, the moment, it's kind of like sometimes you get those real moments in wrestling uh, that did get my this first this is awesome chant of my entire career so i uh, thank you for that um but just the kind of we had like that moment where we hugged and and uh you had a few nice words to say i mean and i'll reserve the words because sometimes those things are just for us mm-hmm. um but i did appreciate that one of my favorite matches of all times and that little moment uh did mean a lot to me so thank you and thank you for doing this no the, it was it was my pleasure it's it's uh, it's also one of my my favorite matches of all time i've been very fortunate in the past two years to have great opponents at cold fury between uh chase del monte and yourself and and that match definitely lives right at the top of the list if if not the the peak of the list of my my favorite matches in chaotic and and it definitely ranks amongst the my one of my my favorite personal memories of in all of 
pro wrestling for me and my career hasn't been nearly as long as yours but but in in my short career that that i i will remember that match until the day i die so so thank you very much for 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 giving it to me as well Oh, I, I didn't expect it. such a uh, touchy feely end ending we're, here to the. Where uh, we're hugging right now, <laughs> we're, we're, me and me and Brian are, are Brian get off are, his lap. Are embracing each other as we speak. <laughs> All right, thanks very much, sir. Yes, thank you. WWE announced Dijak signing just about a year after this interview in September of 2017, and he had a slow start, but has emerged as a key player on the NXT brand. Very happy to see that, and good luck to him as he continues his rise up the ranks. We are out of time this week. Be sure to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, wherever else. Find us at the WPAN. Thank you very much for checking us out, and until the next episode, I'm Mike Crockett. Big ups to Mucko, and thanks for nothing. <laughs>